0: Welcome to Moving Medicine, a podcast by the American Medical Association. Today's episode was produced in collaboration with the Permanente Docs Chat podcast, featuring AMA Chief Health and Science Officer, Dr. Freddie Chen. He'll discuss the impact of climate change on public health. Leading the conversation is the host of Permanente Docs Chat, family medicine physician, Dr. Alex McDonald hello everyone welcome to these this week's permanente docs chat thanks for joining from wherever you may be watching, listening, signing in. Uh, I'm your host, Alex McDonald. I practice family and sports medicine here at Fontana, California, as part of the Southern California Permanente Medical Group. Um, Today's chat is another collaboration with the American Medical Association, which I'm very excited about. Uh, Today, we're discussing health and the climate and the warming climate with Dr. Frederick Chen, who is the chief health and science officer at the American Medical Association. So welcome, Dr. Chen great hi Alex
1: call me Freddie and uh, all right Freddie uh, it's uh great to be here thanks so much for for having us awesome
0: well if you're if you're listening to this live on the webinar I mean if you have questions you can drop them in the Q a we'll try to get to as many of those as we can but this is only a 20 minute uh uh sort of discussion so get your questions in early and we're just gonna jump right in so so uh Freddie tell us tell us who you are and what you do
1: yeah um again, great to be here. Uh, My name is Freddie Chen. I'm a a family physician, uh, trained at UCSF actually, and so shout out to some of my colleagues uh, from there, and then came up to uh, Seattle, uh, did my family medicine residency up at the University of Washington, and pretty much stayed there for the last almost 25 years, uh, where I was a chief of service at uh, Harborview, which is our county hospital, and then Most of my academic work was in health policy, public health, uh, with focus on rural and on physician workforce issues. Uh, And then for the last year, uh, I um, uh, um, moved over to the American Medical Association, where I'm based in Chicago, and I'm the chief health and science officer there. Uh, I oversee public health, science, and ethics for the AMA.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. I, we could go down lots of rabbit holes together regarding health policy and public health and family medicine, but we're going to try to keep this focused on uh, on, on health and the climate today. <laughs> so, so just correct me if I go too far off course. Um, now, it, there's been lots of you know, weather events in the news uh, recently, you know, the Maui uh, wildfires, the uh, wildfires in Canada, as well as Washington, and, and personally, and most recently, the first tropical storm here in Southern California in 80 years. Yeah. Um, and so how are these these severe weather events uh, affecting people, affecting health, and affecting, you know, how physicians and the healthcare infrastructure can respond?
1: Yeah, um, that, that's exactly what we're here to talk about today. I'll start by acknowledging all of those uh, extreme weather events that you just mentioned. Um, during the pandemic, I actually served for a time as a um, medical director for Hawaiian Airlines. And so our uh, the folks I worked with there are um, particularly impacted by uh, the wildfire in Maui, and uh, thoughts go out to them, the Governor there, by the way, is a family physician as well. Uh, oh. Dr. Josh Green. Yeah, he's the only physician governor in the in the country. And so um, uh, he and his team have been um, super engaged with that. I was just in Chicago yesterday. It was 102 degrees. Uh, came back to Seattle, and there's wildfire smoke here too. So, I mean, all of those things that you just mentioned, uh, they are top of mind. Um, certainly for us at the AMA, KP but really our patients and our communities um, um, as well. And so I think one of the main messages we have today is just as physicians um, and as leaders in our healthcare organizations, our attention on climate change and on these health effects uh, is is important and valuable. It really helps add to the conversation around it, the attention on, on these problems. Um, and it really adds a um, you know, that that Unique sort of medical and health aspect of it that that makes it real for for people. And so, you know, we talk a lot about the asthma effects, right? Infectious disease effects, sort of cancer and mortality effects. And so, there's a there's a there's an element of that that we bring um, legitimacy to and science to, and, and we can really sort of um, uh, help uh, contribute to the the national conversation.
0: Yeah, that that's such a good point there there are, i think a lot of physicians who are very passionate about this and understand the the direct link be- between the the weather and the climate and and health, you know, asthma, respiratory illnesses, heat illness, uh, obviously, are kind of the the biggest things. Um, But there are a lot of physicians who say, look, this isn't this isn't something we should be focused on. Uh, We should be focusing on more kind of more quote, unquote, traditional uh, issues within with as physicians within organized medicine. What do you what do you say to those physicians uh, who, who maybe don't think this is something that we should really be advocating for?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, um, Um, you know, we used to say that about things like smoking too. Right. And, uh, and so, um, it is, it is definitely part of our, our evolution. I would say as, as an organization, by the way, I mean, when we went back and looked at AMA's history in environmental health, and then, uh, we didn't call it climate change issues back then, but it, it goes back actually a hundred years plus, so water safety, air safety. So it's actually been a longstanding, um, interest in, um, because you know, part of our mission is the betterment of public health. And so I, I think that that part has, uh, there's been a longstanding recognition at, at the organizational level. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's the same reason why we had a hard time getting our heads around social determinants of health, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I, but now nobody would argue that racism, housing, you know, education, all have, um, income and poverty all have yep. effects on people's health. And climate change is definitely one of those. I would also add that uh, it's not just a s- small group of your physician colleagues who are engaged in this and interested in it. Right. It's a majority of them and your patients, uh, as we were just talking about, are really affected by it and um and wanna, you know, I, I think wanna wanna hear what what you have to say about it.
0: Yeah. And I've I've had conversations with with colleagues uh, who who kind of feel, you know, maybe this isn't something we should be delving into over the last, you know, several years. And, and I've seen them definitely shift position over time and understanding, you know, again, as a family physician, my job is to prevent illness. And if it's not safe for you to go outside and go for a walk, if, you know, the ozone ozone levels are are dangerous for people with respiratory issues, you know, how how can we ignore that when it's directly impacting their health? Um so I'm, I'm glad to hear that, even from your perspective, you, you you think we are the the majority of physicians understand and want to address this issue. This issue, um, what what types of effects? What are kind of some of the main effects that you're seeing uh, from your role at the AMA that that are are kind of the most pertinent health effects uh, that are directly impacting our patients from some of these more severe weather events? Yeah, yeah I would. Um... You know,
1: I think the the most common and um, like CDC's MMWR just today came out with a report around um, um, uh, early June and uh, w- when the wildfire smoke uh, affected East Coast uh, cities, which by the way, you know, gets a lot more attention than when it happens on the West Coast. Right. Exactly. Uh, but the um, the those the, the the days that were the highest, sort of, you know, um, uh, the the worst air quality days. It was like an eighty percent, almost you know, almost a doubling sort of, of of ED visits and asthma sort of visits and that. So the respiratory and air quality piece is is um, is an easy and and really you know most common example. I've been really focused because you know our our purview in public health includes a lot of infectious disease stuff, vector borne illnesses. We're mm-hmm. really hearing about malaria cases. Um, dengue cases, right, Zika, so mosquito and tick-borne uh, uh, illnesses, as as the climate shifts, as the temperature shifts, we're going to see more of those and that's going to be, a, that's a piece of it. And then as you saw with the wildfires, this is also sort of environmental disaster medicine yeah. type stuff, right? And so the, um, uh, it's not just in the world of emergency medicine, but it's, you know, how do you prepare your communities? How can you be um, better prepared? and then after something happens what, where's the access to to healthcare there and what are those you know, kind of resources available so it it really is is you know so um, broad and far reaching in terms of uh, all different aspects of of health and healthcare
0: yeah, no, it's it's funny you should bring up the, the vector borne uh, issue because, uh, you know, as as many of you know, I got a whole bunch of rain at my house this past weekend here in Southern California, which is yes. ex- very unusual for this time of year. And there was mosquitoes in my house today. Actually, this morning, my son had a bunch of bug bites uh, and I found there's some puddles in the backyard um, and we never have mosquitoes this time of year in, in the desert here in Southern California. So uh, I can speak personally to, to that one or more probably my son can speak personally to that one. Um, no, exactly, regarding... but I mean, yeah, the
1: hurricane, the storm was exactly you know it, it, we just don't have to go very far anymore for ex- for examples and for reasons why we have to yep. be prepared and be able to talk about it and be able to to engage in it.
0: Yeah, um, tell us tell us more about um, about heat uh, heat effects, particularly our, our our elderly and our and our you know very young uh, pediatric pediatric population. How some of those heat illnesses and heat effects can can really become um, more problematic. Yeah, I think I think um,
1: um, the uh, the acute piece of that, of course, are these heat related illnesses and heat stroke, um, and what we've seen um, uh, and continue to see. I mean, there's, there's a heat dome over the the Midwest right now, and we're and you just see these um, tremendous spikes in in um, uh, temperature that are correlated with mortality spikes, and so it's really, um, you know. Helping people think about how to cope with heat, right, and um, uh, how to prepare for it. What the, what are the resources? I know our clinics. We talk about cooling centers when those get opened up, and those kind of. But and and then identifying sort of those. That's the clinical level of it, right? Which is how how do we manage these heat related illnesses? I think the bigger picture then is also what are the sequelae of them? What are the other the the long term uh, effects of, of of a warming planet?
0: Yeah. Yeah. How can, how can physicians um, better kind of educate themselves to understand some of these impacts of, of the climate and health and how can they help their patients and their communities prepare? Um, Cause I think pre- preparedness is obviously a, a, a huge component. Yeah. Um, you know,
1: the, the good news is I, I, because of this increased attention, right, we, we're getting better and better resources for teaching Mm-hmm. physicians about where you can go out and learn. there's uh, the AMAs, um, uh, EdHub are, has a, a number of CME materials um, around climate change that you can look at. we're We're part of uh, a terrific medical society consortium on climate and health and that that group is um, has a great website. we can we can share it with you and they've got a um, ton of information there that you can actually just learn about and then there's CME opportunities as well to, to learn about it. Some of it is, um, you know, I think as a family doctor, it's sort of, you, you know, it, it's sort of the, it's not so much you have to learn about the pathophysiology of it, right? It's right. really, let's talk about how this, what this means for your patients,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what what's happening at home for them, what are they going to do, right? And how, how can they be better prepared or, um, and, you know, does that mean... Do they need to go somewhere shelter-wise? Do they need to go somewhere else? Do so you need to, right, um, ha- um, have those kinds of resources available for them? And, and you know, you and I, we know who our more vulnerable patients are for, for those kinds of um, effects. And I think that's that's the kind of thinking that that we have to bring to our exam rooms and to our conversations with folks.
0: Yeah. I think one thing, um, a lot of patients don't even realize about some of the resources out there. And so I'm always telling my patients, particularly my elder patients, you know, for here in Southern California, I live in the a little bit inland and where it gets to be hundred degrees regularly and, um, letting them know that there's a, there's a discount they can get at you know, through, through their electric company, if they need to run their air conditioning more often, and I help them fill out the paperwork to, to apply for those discounts through, through the electric company. Um, there were cooling stations set up in my community a couple of weeks, ago when when there was extreme uh heat and just making people more aware of those resources i i think um there's just so many different it it feels like much like our healthcare system sometimes it's sort of this patchwork piece and 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 people just aren't even aware of those parts which don't always communicate and it can be very frustrating for patients and physicians to kind of know what what's available in your community so um is there some specific place, and I'm sure it's highly localized and individualized for every community, but is there somewhere where, where physicians can learn more about these places and patients can learn more about these places and resources within their local community?
1: Yeah, I've just been starting to see some pretty good resources uh, sort of from CDC, right, um, sort of at a national level, and then they will actually break out to, some, to local resources um, based on their, uh, on your state and local uh, public health resources. So that's good. And then we're also seeing um, our state and local uh, medical societies um, also be really involved with with this kind of work too.
0: Yeah, I know one thing that... Um... Uh, here at Kaiser Permanente, we have a kind of a, a community navigation tool um, called Thrive Local. At least here in Southern California, where you can kind of go on there. It's a it's a little slow, just to give yourself some time to do it um, uh, to find some local community resources for all all different kinds of social determinants of health um, to to get get people the resources they need. Just because again, it's very it's very challenging for some for, yeah, for some for folks sure. to put all and and there. actually
1: and Alex, before I forget, because we you did ask about kids. And certainly, you know, little, uh, the infants and, you know, they've got a a bunch of sort of thermoregulatory challenges that we want to be mindful of, but all kids of all ages as they're outside and, and, and trying to be active and playing sports, as you know, uh with with the temperature pieces being a, a really important thing to keep in mind for for yep. all of them too
0: Yep, absolutely in my in my work as sports medicine especially in august with yeah. with football players especially wearing all their pads and the helmet and the heat can make a big issue and by the way ex- extra points for using the term thermoregulatory that sounds you sound very smart when you use that term i like it that's right well, um, we are the, it is the ama so that's good that's good that's good um <laughs> Uh, we have a question here in the chat. we We spoke about this a little bit before, but maybe there's more to expand here. Um, the question what what guidance can physicians give their patients about really preparing for climate events like like heat and fires um, or tropical storms?
1: Yeah, and um, I you know the, we have to recognize that as we saw in Maui, some of this stuff, you actually can't, you know, because of the nature of nature, right right it, um it, it is actually it is about emergency preparedness right and and there is only so some of the stuff there's only so much you can do but it, as we're seeing as you know we're we're talking right now about summertime but in a few months we'll be talking about sort of extreme cold events as well too and so we we it, it is an opportunity it's not it's not an every visit kind of thing but as you're doing anticipatory guidance and you're talking to people about sort of what kind of resources they have at home the same way we do about you know housing, stable housing, or about other things. It's sort of what kind of you know resources do you have? How prepared might you be uh, um, if it's hurricane season? If it's hot season coming up, right? If it's cold season coming, uh, all those those kinds of. I I think we're we're well positioned to be in, you know to be talking about those things and and asking about and that it is you know it's a little bit of a stretch for for some of us, but I think it's it's something that unfortunately we're all facing.
0: Yeah. Um... I, yes and, and i think you know, when i here in southern california when i first moved here i was worried about hurricane no, excuse me uh earthquake preparedness and and I, here we are here we are talking about hurricane it was it was a very odd shift uh yeah. so i think that makes a good point just kind of preparing just in general for anything yeah. um yeah and, and so there's a question in the chat here which i think is actually a really good one and i was going to kind of get to it um okay. uh, unfortunately a lot of these public health issues have been uh politicized uh yes for for whatever for for probably bad, but for multiple different reasons. Um, How do we help when we have these conversations with patients? How do we prevent it from kind of becoming more political versus about just health and and evidence-based medicine?
1: Well, I mean, I think that gets to the nature of our uh, daily work, right? I mean, that is, is, you know, uh, us in the exam room, us in the hospital with with patients, um, we're bringing it from a trusted source. Um, you're addressing something because of their health, right? You're not addressing it because of politics. You're, you know, we're talking, and that's why we're having this conversation. That's why it was important when the AMA in um, 2022 declared, you know, climate change a public health emergency, right? Mm -hmm. It became, it sort of elevated it at a level that said, um, this is not just a political issue. It is a political issue, but it's not just a it's actually a health issue. And 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 I'm talking with you about it because of your health. Um mm-hmm. and because we have a trusting, you know, uh relationship, personal relationship around it. I think I think that's the 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 fundamental sort of piece of it. That's how you you open that door, you know, it's it's not something, you know, we're all, you, you pick and choose your time and you pick and choose your 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 topics and battles with, with patients as as you know. And so uh, but you know, the um as, as good clinicians, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll have opportunity to to do that. And it's something to, to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that's where, again, wearing my family medicine primary care hat, that's where that relationship and that continuity of care comes in. So it becomes so much more important in having taken care of, Perhaps the kids, the, the parents, the grandparents for for years and years, you you build that relationship over time. and when it, when when you have those maybe more challenging conversations, it it comes from a very different place than if you're being sort of seen right away in the first visit. you start talking about, you know gun violence and gun safety and and climate change and vaccines. it It's just it, it can be off-putting for some individuals. And so I think using our, our, our people skills. Um, and that continuity is, is really, really important. So that's a great, you know, I, I should also add, um, if you want to get
1: political with it, that's what the AMA is for, right. And that's what, um, that's what your organizations are for too. There are, the other thing I wanted to make sure we said is the, the role of physicians is not just, not just sort of with your individual patients, but in Mm -hmm. your communities and in, in, in this national debate and, and, and the vehicle for that is our hospitals and health systems, which actually, mm-hmm. you know, everyone understands are contributors to, 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 to global warming. And so a lot of our systems, I know KP has made a commitment to it. So there's a role for, the, for, for doctors to be involved with that and yep. to make change at that level. And then at our organizations, our professional organizations, you know, these opportunities for leadership and for being involved. And in, if you want to get political about it. There's a place for that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we we recognize that it's that, you know, that's that's sort of that's the role of AMA. We're here to advocate for doctors on the issues that are important to them. Um, they help tell us what direction, you know, our members help tell us what direction to go on them. And we're on the right side on a lot of these issues, including uh, uh, including this one, for sure.
0: Yep, absolutely and I and I'm I'm very proud to be a, a part of Kaiser Permanente and have several physicians and, and leadership participating uh and, and the Nam leadership for climate change just as an example as well so I think when when we're talking to physicians you think about you know individual advocacy with your patients in the exam room you think about in your clinics in your hospital systems you think about in your state and then at the national level too yes. and I think again that's why I'm a member of the AMA and the member of the the, the California Medical Association is to really advocate at, at the policy level uh higher up which can really affect all the all the pieces downstream but again we'll 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 save that that 20-minute conversation or 40-minute conversation for for another day um i'd love to
1: but, anytime anytime
0: i uh, so i do want to wrap up to keep this pretty pretty uh high yield and brief for our listeners um last question uh what what makes you most proud to to be a physician member of of the ama
1: yeah i um you know um ama has a long history some of it not so great. Uh, And you may have heard a lot about that sort of coming up through school. And certainly that was, that was my experience too. And, uh, and what I've learned about AMA since being there and, and is that um, the organization has really shifted quite a bit over the last 10 years. Uh, We are, like I said, on, on the correct side of many, many issues now, and really fighting for, for doctors. What I've been really impressed with is that it's, is uh, AMA is still the voice for the nation's physicians. When the White House needs to talk to physicians, when the CDC needs to talk to physicians, it's the AMA that 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 that, that they talk to. And so, and and we're in that great position with all of our specialty societies, with all of the state societies, to get that message out. Uh, and as we've mentioned before, when AMA. Talks about something, people actually listen, right? And, uh, and yep. it makes a difference. And that's 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 pretty that's pretty exciting. It's good to be part of that. It's good to be um, part of an organization that's really looking out for for the profession and for the health of the public.
0: Well, that's a perfect note to end on. So, thank you so much, Freddie, for joining us today, sharing your expertise, and also the all the work the AMA is doing around around climate change and health. It's just so important. So, so thank you. Yeah, it's great. Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Subscribe to Permanente Docs Chat podcast so you'll never miss an episode or register to take part in an upcoming live chat. Visit Permanente.org slash AMA Docs Chat.